0: What's your life goal? And have you achieved it? Yeah, I married you. Aw, gross.
1: You really need to go out there and make sure the whole world hates you.
0: Oh, perfect. My butthole is all over the internet.
1: <laughs> a fine wine. She keeps me in the basement and pulls me out when she needs me.
0: If yes. I drink Sambuca. He's getting it. I bought a case. can tell a lot about a person, by the way, their tits, pussy, or dick looks.
1: You come near my cheeks and it's not going to be a good day <laughs> for you, homie. <laughs> this is going to be special.
0: Welcome to the Two Onions podcast with Danny Daniels and Vic. What's up, guys? I'm Danny Daniels. Next to me in an oddly matching shirt color is my husband Vic. And today we have two guests, both good friends of mine and both just like magical badasses.
1: I mean, they're friends of mine, too.
0: No, my friends. You can borrow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They started a puzzle company. It is taken off like a bat out of hell. Jordan Gold is here. And Simon, I'm going to butcher your name. Simon coronel Coronel, yeah. just simon you're just simon from now no. <laughs> how are you
2: we're super good yeah like exhausted and sleep deprived and very stressed but fundamentally great <laughs> De- dealing with really really excellent problems right now
1: yeah right yeah, yeah. You, you, you have Any? yeah you have the good problems not the bad ones <laughs> yeah. So so sort of, so so everybody knows you guys started a puzzle company, you put it out on Kickstarter, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it is the most successful puzzle to ever be put on Kickstarter. And you currently have how many backers? Cuz I, you know, it changes every time I look at the damn thing.
3: <laughs> we are currently over 26,000 backers as of as of this taping. Jesus. Yeah, you and mean? you guys still have
0: 20... like I le- I look before we started, you have 17 days left. Yeah. Like- <laughs> It's not you know, even I think in the second half. This,
1: yeah. this, is, this is going to come out a few days from now, so there'll be about two weeks left for people to back the puzzle, and we'll put all of the uh, all of the relevant stuff in the notes. But, um,
2: yeah, so uh, congratulations. I mean, that's yeah. freaking awesome.
0: You started, yeah, you had, I think amazing your Amazing
2: and surprising and gratifying and all the, all the stuff, you would think. Yeah. Something like
0: that. Your goal was, we what, 44 40 grand?
3: forty four thousand dollars was the goal that we uh, set on the kickstarter that that was like we have to hit this to to make the project worthwhile and not lose money mm-hmm. there's you know people look at Kickstarter pages and they just look at these crazy numbers all over the place and you you have to figure it out when you go into it if if your model's not right and you didn't really think through shipping and all that you can really you can get a what looks like a really successful Kickstarter and then just end up in crazy debt because you know oh i'm losing a dollar on every single pledge and yeah I've got thousands of those that adds up really quick so
0: and i think you covered it so far
3: <laughs> we, we uh we i i i haven't seen the final numbers but i'm pretty sure going in we we had our numbers in the right uh We had had good, we have the best numbers, basically.
2: (laughs) That's the thing thing I've been thinking about literally every hour of every day is, because life experience, right? We can all relate to that thing where you realize a thing you've never even thought about Mm -hmm. that bites you the ass later. I'm thinking, okay, what's the thing that we're going to realize six weeks from now that we really should have thought about six weeks ago that's going to just ruin the whole thing? I'm like, okay, we're still good. We seem to have thought of everything. Can't think of everything. No, no, it's it's, like it's, it's I funny. Think ahead, the next problems. We yeah. we did
1: a we did a, a, a Kickstarter. We did it was Indiegogo, but similar theory. Um, when uh, she started the box company, and we were doing the monthly boxes, and what we didn't think about was somebody has to mail these goddamn things. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Um, yeah. and and luckily, <laughs> luckily, as we were going through the process, it kicked into our mind, and we started interviewing warehouses, and we we wound up landing on. A phenomenal group of guys that have been with us for the last four years for it but yeah that was like like you said it was like oh shit yeah we got all
3: the boxes but now we got to get them to the people you know Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. Uh, we have a we have a magician friend uh john wilson who has this theory that like our stupid monkey brains essentially don't can't comprehend the number over seven as in, if I took four <laughs> pebbles and I threw them on the ground and I said, how many pebbles are there on the ground? You'd look down and you'd say, oh, there's four. Yeah. You wouldn't have to think about it. Your brain would just, bing. You'd just see four as a unit. But if I took eight mm-hmm. and I threw them on the ground, you wouldn't see eight as a unit. You'd see probably like two groups of four. Yeah. But like even seven is like three and four. Once you get past seven, your brain just goes, it's, it's too many. <laughs> I don't know. It's a lot. You ha- you don't have to count them individually. And we, we made prototypes of, of the puzzle to send out. You guys got yeah, them. Yeah. And we made about a hundred of them and that mailing just a hundred puzzles. That doesn't seem like a lot. Uh, was it just <laughs> like <a> crazy under, <laughs> it was just the boxes were stacked floor to ceiling and we're, just, like, Simon had to create some ridiculous spreadsheet data well, to just organize like, all the names. I
0: don't want to give anything away, but, like, your packaging, it's not just, like, a box with puzzle pieces in it. There's more to it. So it's, like, yeah. you know, it's just that alone. I can't imagine, like, doing all the, you know, packing all that yeah. stuff.
1: By yourself. Yeah, not having a company <laughs> doing it for you. Just, you know, you guys in a room somewhere just stuffing things. Yeah. yeah.
2: And that's why we're, it's really good that we luckily are working with some people who are experienced enough with this kind of large scale fulfillment way up front to get Mm -hmm. the manufacturing, the fulfillment, the delivery, the shipping, like all of that figured out. So so it's just the, let's, let's, let's go, let's go back a bit so that
1: everybody understands. So the name name of the company is the magic puzzle company, correct? Correct. Okay. And you guys have three puzzles that you've created. That's right. And they're not just your average jigsaw puzzle. They're jigsaw puzzles with a magic twist. Is that a good way to describe it?
3: Yeah, having having
1: done it, I know what the twist is. But we want to make don't give it away. We want to make sure people understand (laughs) that you're not you're not. This isn't this isn't your average. This isn't a puzzle you've done before. This is something that's going to be a little bit different. It's a lot of fun. It took us what like three days Mm -hmm. by the time we went through it, but we had a blast. A lot of
0: just. Utter confusion, but there like was a in, a confu- but, in a good way. In a good way.
1: And there were also a lot, I, I think you said it on your Kickstarter, there's a lot of Easter eggs inside the puzzle itself and cool mm-hmm. stuff that you're looking at. So it's a real, it's a fun, it's a fun time. Um, it, like I said, this isn't the frustrating, Holy shit, there's five fifty thousand black pieces. What are we going to do with this? It was a lot of fun.
0: It's funny, when you guys sent me, like, a tester, I, w- I was like, okay, yeah. You know, and Jordan, you're like, well, you know, if you get some time, just, like, tell me what you think. So, I'm like, okay. So, we had a free afternoon, and I was like, hey, like, come do this puzzle with like we got a couple hours to kill and so we set it down three days later. We're like, We have to finish this damn thing <coughs> My daughter My daughter's apartment, we're yeah. like trying to figure it out on like our tiny coffee table. We're like, what is going on? This it was, was so fun. This was
1: I think we had moved into the new place but prior to us actually having a coffee table yet. So yeah. and my daughter was here and she was like she left and was really frustrated cuz she didn't get to see this the magic side
3: of it. So I I loved getting uh you texted me so many videos of you just like <laughs> Either A, super frustrated. We <laughs> were like, "I am," we're so lost right now. Or just super excited of like, oh my God, our brains are exploding right Every now. Every time, time we thought we had
0: it economy. figured out, we were like utterly wrong. <laughs> so <laughs> it, was, it, it was a blast though. Um, when, when you guys first launched, I was like, I'm getting the other ones. Because now we're just addicted. Yeah. And I clicked open the Kickstarter and like I would watch it just like... Like, keep raising, keep raising, keep raising. We sat there, like, drank our coffee. And we're like, look at this. <laughs>
3: it's
0: like, it was insane. I've never seen it. What's the number that. at now?
3: You know? Yeah. We're, uh, we we have one of those um, uh, bellhop, uh, like, hotel bells that mm-hmm. you ring, like service bells. And uh, we, were, we were dinging it every time we hit a milestone. So when we hit our funding goal, which was in the first, like, two hours, it was mm-hmm. like, ding. Oh, my God. We hit our funding goal. And then... It was, oh, my God, we hit $50,000, and we hit $100,000, and we hit 10,000 backers. Ding, ding, ding. And by day three, uh, I, I was on the phone with my dad, and, and we, had, we had just passed a million dollars in funding. And uh, I dinged the bell, and my dad goes, what, what's the, what was the ding for? And I said, well, <laughs> it was supposed to be for, like, milestones, but we've run out of those because we've, we've hit, like, number one puzzle ever on Kickstarter and most funded and most popular. Just nothing left. So now anytime there's a number that seems like a nice round number i'm like oh, I'll just hit, all Twenty six thousand. right 000, I just mean anything, but i'll hit the bell because i'm out of reasons to hit the bell yeah it's like it's all sevens in the number right now ding cool yeah, yeah. yeah, that's fun. yeah. <laughs> yeah the, it, the number ends in 69 we'll hit a ding yeah that works
0: <laughs> what made you got like where did i know that the answer to this question but for those listening where did this come from how did this start you know,
2: so, I love that this is the perfect podcast to be telling the origin story. About. <laughs> <laughs> what what people don't realize is, yeah,
3: you you had you inspired us in a lot of ways to make this puzzle, which is also going to be different than what people think that it means. But <laughs> <laughs> the the crazy thing about when we finally hit launch, it was a year of Simon and I working with our partners just on this project, mm-hmm. but it was actually the culmination of like ten years of working on because uh, Simon and I met about 10 years ago and, and had been working creatively on lots of stuff and everything kind of slowly not slowly but it all it all came together like it, it was a very long process of getting from just being magicians, hanging out, trying to do magic put magic in the world to now we have a puzzle company yeah, because I don't um, really
0: associate magicians and puzzles together very often so
3: right. yeah <laughs> And before I mean, in the last couple months, because we've all been stuck at home, you mm-hmm. know, puzzles all of a sudden have become really popular and they've been in the news and they're like a big deal right now. And, and everyone's looking at us like, how did you how did you launch this amazing puzzle company at the at the peak of like puzzle popularity? <laughs> and the, it, it's a happy coincidence. But like a year ago, we looked at the world of puzzles and we're like, you know, there there's people who love jigsaw puzzles are everywhere. Mm -hmm. They just don't talk about it because it's not exciting to be like, oh, I'm in their jigsaw puzzles, you know? And finally, now that we're all home, it's kind of cool to be into them. Yeah. And so it's not that everyone's into them all of a sudden. They're just more open about being into them than they ever were. Um, But to get back to the the question of how we we designed it, is it started with, uh, we met you at a... Met both of you at uh, this uh, event called Brookledge, mm-hmm. which was sort of an underground. No, just LA, far, I wasn't, I wasn't there. I met you the next night. <laughs> That's right. Well, we okay. So yeah, we met you, and then okay, so we met you at Brookledge
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, through a mutual friend, which is this underground, like Hollywood um, variety show. It's it's the people that um this the Larson family that started the Magic Castle. It's their estate, and they have a theater in like secretly in the secret garden it's as cool as
0: he's describing it by the way it's (laughs) It's cool yeah i I
3: can't describe it as cool as it is except for the fact
0: that like before i went inside i texted vic and i was like if you don't hear from me in a couple hours someone murdered me and left me for death because i'm just (laughs) going into someone's house basically
2: you have to see my bathroom (laughs) (laughs) the other thing is the good thing about brooklyn it's like actually cool not just pretentious Like, it's actually just really fucking great, talented, amazing people doing really interesting, cool stuff out of the love of the art and the creativity and the connection of it. Not Mm -hmm. just out of some kind of pretentious scene thing. And
0: I've noticed, like, magicians, like, hype each other up. I didn't, like, sense a lot of competition in a way. Maybe I'm wrong, or maybe I'm just blind to it, but...
2: Doing good stuff and appreciating everyone else is doing good stuff. Like, at that point, you're just celebrating good shit being done in the world. And it's beautiful in the sea. Except yeah. It's like, going to like, fuck those people. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and Brooklyn, is, it's, is a very special
3: community. Like Simon said, it's, it's, uh, it's just it, artists that get invited by Erica to come showcase their art for other people that are into it. Mm-hmm. It's just like, Hey, let's get an audience and let's get some performers and let's do a show just because we have a theater and we have artists in an audience. Like let's do it. And, and especially now like in retrospect when we're all stuck at home and like we can't connect it's like yeah that that's like the coolest thing we could be doing is just getting together and creating art and, and sharing it yeah and uh that there, there there's a whole backstory of Brooklyn and how simon and i each individually sort of got uh into the Brooklyn world and community um and then met each other and worked together do you
0: guys meet but, at Brooklyn? i didn't know no, that.
3: We met oh. well we met at the magic castle but it's all it's all, it's all connected. connected i mean it's the same yeah. same group of people same the magic sort of community is a small one globally um and but but even in los angeles it's sort of this epicenter because we have the magic castle and, and magicians either move to la to be around the magic castle or they come through la a lot to be around the castle so it's this magic it, la is a very magical town uh, because of that um so we met you, mm-hmm. and that was cool. And we were like, You're cool. And you're like, You guys are cool. And you invited <laughs> us
2: to your show. I just, yep. I just realized, actually, that we, I remember because we were introduced directly through Bob Self, great mm-hmm. guy, mutual friend. And he introduced you and I by going, Oh, you two. Danny was just in this book. I was doing shit, Simon. I should have called you about that. So we were nearly in a book together. Oh my god!
0: Probably not the book that people are thinking, but. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. I have I have one burlesque magic routine. That up. This was Bob Self's book of basically people who, in whatever context, work naked mm-hmm. in some capacity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when we met, he was like, "Oh shit, you have that thing! Ah, oh, that would have been cool." but oh, well. <laughs> yep. so We met, and
0: then That's we cool. all like we basically became instant friends and then yeah then you met Vic
1: yeah and then you guys came to the art show the next night right or a couple of nights later
3: so and and after just hanging out for a couple nights in LA and you you got to see our art because we showed you some magic in Mm -hmm. Brookledge and then we got to see your art because you invited us to your art show and we're like this is awesome and we were just we became friends it was like great we're friends now this is a thing and then you guys invited me to your wedding. Uh, like, <laughs> it was it was a year later, but it was a, a couple months later. I got an mm-hmm. invitation, and I was like, "This is this is awesome. I'm I'm going to, you know, this is so this is fun." And I went to Simon and I said, "Simon, I have this crazy idea. Um, I want to make like a special magical wedding present." Uh, and and. So we started working on it. It actually started as... We were at a magic convention, and we saw this little... It's a playing card that had, like, a a picture of a naked lady on it. And you would put it together one way, and it would be a full card. And you'd put it together another way. And all of a sudden, part of the naked lady was missing. And
2: it was not like 1960s dirty postcard yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. like a pinup thing. yeah it it was like like very well done it was like a it was a funny concept in that sophomore episode vagina kind of way but it was like the image wasn't very good the layout wasn't done very well it was but it was kind of funny
0: yeah
2: the core idea of of what it was
3: really was like i think we can do something much better with this but the execution of it was just all wrong and Simon was like, you know I, I actually have done a lot of work on the mathematics of of this illusion and I'm like, okay, great so <laughs> then
0: I'll copy th- your homework
3: then, then, then <laughs> we start working it together it's awesome <laughs> yeah. there was this was this moment where uh we were talking about how to make the geometry work and simon was telling me the type of picture that we needed to find and again this was supposed to be a surprise so i couldn't just text you and say yeah hey can you send me you know a specific photo oh i could only I could... Hey, can you... google
1: search history just got real ugly
3: real quick <laughs> so, so i have a photo of simon like in a booth in in some cafe that we're at like with his legs up and because he's like you want the crotch region to be <laughs> in the
2: middle 30%. Yeah, so I feel like, there's, like there's much error margin on the sides because the angle that we need to do to make this geometry work. So I just think it. It's like doing the pose, right? It's like, yeah, we want, like, a picture that's, like, sort of centered. <laughs> and, like, kind of... And Jordan has this his photo for, for reference to be like, all right, this is what. I need oh to go my
0: god, for. I love it! Oh, I hope it's your we'll contact send- photo.
2: <laughs> yeah, we'll send you the photo. And, uh, so,
3: so then I have this photo of Simon, like in a cafe, just all spread eagle in a booth. And then I'm Google searching you, and I'm like comparing. Simon. <laughs> and Simon and I'm like trying to find.
0: You're like, I swear so- this is for work. I
2: swear. <laughs> well yeah. using dreams the next few days <laughs> so was Some weird yeah. <laughs> like, there. Oh, really? yeah. and,
1: and just to throw out thank god jordan you have the coolest wife ever yeah. <laughs> yeah. i could have gone really ugly real fast <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm trying to explain what we're doing <laughs> really it's for work so jordan finds the perfect photo eventually and he said i'm like oh my god that's it's the one of you in the wedding dress on yeah the and we're just for a wedding, this is a, it's funny. It's kind of, it's sexy. It's, it's like, oh god, this, yeah. The positioning of everything is perfect. <laughs> Mathematically so <then>, speaking, exactly. <laughs> and um, and then at the time, what we were doing was we would often meet up for work sessions in an iHop in Hollywood because iHops are great because they're not popular enough that mm-hmm. they need to flip to tables. Yeah. So everyone just can kind of leave you alone for hours, and they have Wi-Fi and like booth seating and big tables, and it was just like this perfect working space that's out of our living spaces. And so we finally go, the deadline's coming up, we need to get this to the printers to get it printed and then cut it out and everything. Mm-hmm. We go, right, we gotta, We got to nut, nut this out today, we've got to finish this. So I'm like, all right, and we're, like, doing the geometry. And it, all the mathematics and stuff was basically my division, but then Jordan and I have this great kind of shared design brain where each of us sees bits the other had missed about, you know, color, composition, layout, wording, just all the billion details to make something good. Mm-hmm. And so we're, like, really into it, and I'm, like, doing the layout and like trying to get you know think about like the dpi of print resolution and looking up the bleed guides printer we're doing and like all the stuff and i suddenly realized we've been in this ihop for about like four hours now and most of this has been me on my laptop with photoshop open and illustrator i'm doing the stuff just really just zoomed in on your vagina <laughs> that's, the thing, that's the key feature oh, okay. the, the missing piece is where it's going to be and this in magic a lot when you're doing like magic with money or bills you stop thinking of them as money they become props mm. and it was that like this was not an image of a naked woman yeah not, this was a geometry to me so i'm like yeah get, get up a bit move that to the left and i suddenly realized like I look like the biggest fucking deviant creep in the middle of this IHOP with just a really zoomed in vagina. I'm,
0: I'm surprised like, you didn't get arrested.
3: <laughs> the waitress the- in
2: Hollywood, so... The waitress, yeah, right. Waitress coming
1: over, so you want a refill with you know, the coffee?
3: <laughs> we still want the top 10 weirdest people in that IHOP. I then
2: made, like, a temporary censorship bar just <laughs> while we were in IHOP while I kept working on it. Like, this is
3: awkward.
0: Oh, it's definitely also, the best—the <laughs> absolute best is, wedding gift I've ever gotten <laughs>
3: This was this was something that we we saw again because we saw the original version that existed in the world that we we're trying to fix and make mm-hmm. better. And and Simon had already done work on it. We both thought, like, yeah, we can we can easily do this. And it was like literal months of work just to get it to where it was, and then. The other part of it was normally this type of trick is performed by a magician. Like you pull out the
0: mm-hmm. pieces of
3: the card and you show it to somebody. But we, we wanted to make it work for, like we wanted to just hand an envelope to somebody and have them be able to open it and it works. And that had never been done before either with this type of illusions. And then we had to come up with like this whole envelope inside of an envelope process where you open it up, and there's pieces, and then you, there's instructions. It's like, don't open this before you get to this part, mm-hmm. and all of all of the core elements of sort of designing this illusion to be done without the magicians there is really the foundation of what the puzzle is because we designed a jigsaw puzzle that's uh, uh, for for all ages. Um, yeah, there's no vagina
0: the, uh, in their puzzles, by the no way. No vagina.
3: <laughs> yeah. It's completely family friendly. <laughs> family friendly, but you get to the you, you get to the end of the puzzle, and then it does a magic trick. But it it's it has to do that without the magician being there. Yeah, and and so this this card that we ended up uh, making is just a fun gift for your wedding. Ended up like we really at the end of designing it, we're like, this is cool because you know it's our friend, and like one side is your logo, and the other side is you the the process as well of like we were giving this to people and just it's it's great yeah as it's, just it's, to hand something over and not
2: have to perform I can't watch
0: has that ever been done I can't think of any time I mean you guys
1: it know has, way more than I do sort but. Of
2: limitedly and mostly badly there are a bit different <laughs> variants the idea but they, none of them really like nailed it they really got it good
1: and and right. just just for the the audience purposes we actually did this in the magic castle. Yeah. Where, Jordan, you gave it to me to do yeah, in the Magic Castle right. on a night that I had to have somebody else's shirt to get into the Magic Castle, <laughs> that's if right. you remember correctly. We literally stole a guy's shirt going out the door so I could get in.
3: I remember that. Yeah, you, you showed up. I, I sent you the oh, um, the dress God. code, and then you showed up, and you looked fantastically not in dress code. You looked great. Um, yeah, you were... You were uh, I, yeah, it had to be a college places. shirt and I, I had a jacket
1: on without a college shirt on. And yeah, yeah. so right. yeah. So I wound up uh, some guy walking out the door.
3: <laughs> oh it was our friend Alan Bursky, who is the youngest comedian to ever appear on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, uh, was walking out the door. And I was trying I was asking the front desk if they happened to have an extra shirt, because in the past they used to keep more extra clothes on hand. And then they kind of decided they didn't have room for that. Anymore. Yeah. And Alan comes out and he goes, What do you, Why? What, what, what? And he's like a New Yorker. He's like, Ah, what do you need? What, no, because
0: you, you went up to him, him and you were like, Um, I, I, I need a favor. <laughs> I'll never <laughs> forget it. And he's like, What, what? And he's like, You're like, I need your shirt. And then in
1: true New York fa- fashion, he's looking at you like, You want the shirt off my
2: back? <laughs> literally,
0: the other the probably only New Yorker in, a, in, in magic the Magic castle. Bit of
2: as well. like, Yeah, the funniest, you could have done that
0: too. Did but he ever Bursky
3: get his shirt was- back?
2: Yeah, I, he I dry cleaned it and
3: sent it back. I think is that yeah. right? Yeah, I remember you doing yeah. that. The next time we were Friday lunch, you had his shirt for him.
0: Yeah,
3: it, Bursky has a, a is his own history with the the Magic Castle and the, and the members there. But he's he's one of the if you ask anybody there, he's he's he's, he's like. The last thing anyone would ever expect walking into Magic Castle is Bursky taking his shirt off in the middle of the lobby and giving it to a to stranger. To a random guy from New York. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it, was, it was pretty cool. It was a very magical
2: night. Alan, Alan Bursky things. is sort mm-hmm. of like the Magic Castle's like faintly malignant but fundamentally beneficial house elf. <laughs> <laughs> That
1: might be that might be the best description. That might be the best description of the man I met, and it's hysterical because I'm literally taking my shirt off to give to him, so he can go out the door with. Yep.
3: That was a really that was a great moment. Is in like the world of magicians
0: is doing is performing at the magic castle, the top. Like what's a what's a you made it moment.
2: When you can actually make a living is when you've made it. <laughs> <laughs> You're not just
0: impressing your that's, that's
2: friends. Definitely a fun
3: one. The, the castle, the castle has a really uh, uh, rich history. I mean, it was two brothers, Milton Bill, who's, uh, their it was their dad's dream. Who was a, their dad, Bill Larson Senior, was a professional magician. His dream was to have this magical clubhouse, mm-hmm. and he founded um, the Academy of Magical Arts in. Genie magazine which was the magazine the magic magazine that he also founded. So it's the oldest uh magic magazine that uh he founded this organization in and then the the two brothers found this Victorian mansion in the Hollywood Hills in the 50s and uh they they created this crazy dream of like we're going to make this clubhouse for the Academy of Magical Arts and uh it's been open for the last well, until three yeah. months ago, yeah. You know? But it, it's been open for the last fifty, like seven years, fifty-eight years, something like that. And um, it's LA is not known for places to be open that long. Most restaurants don't last very long. And and uh, it's for me personally, like I saw the Magic Castle on TV as, as a special when I was younger, and mm-hmm. I just went, that's the place I gotta go. I don't know. I know I gotta go to school now, but later when I can, I'm going to the magic castle and I moved to LA and I never looked back. And I think Simon has similar. That's why Simon's in LA. story, but Australia. Yeah. Yeah. More
1: intense.
3: (laughs) A little bit more of a hike. (laughs) A bigger, bigger boat ride. (laughs) It has 50 years of magicians, basically upending their lives and moving just to be close to it, uh, as a history. And so it's, it's a very special place, uh, in magic and for magicians for sure. What so, is your... it... Oh go
1: ahead. And it was really cool that we got to do the puzzle actually in the castle. Mm-hmm. So that was like that was the fun part of it.
2: <sighs> and that was where it got interesting because in the process of working out how to do the you know, the incredibly complex iterative design process of working out the scripting of the instructions and how to you know where to place the envelopes and all the details. We had to test it on people. Yeah. Right. So you have to do this, and then watch and listen. It gets like game design or product design or software design, which is my background. And in doing so, we discovered that we, we always thought it'd be good. Right? It's funny. It's cool. It's surprising. But like the reactions were even better than we expected. Like many people said, that is the best magic trick I've ever seen. And it's <laughs> it's not the most baffling or impossible one by a long shot. Yeah. But in terms of the overall experience of surprising, delightful. Slightly titillating, funny, clever, subvert—like it hits a lot of different emotional notes in the experience, and the overall experience of it was people were loving, and we realized like it's, it's we got something here. We're on something. Yeah.
0: I'm glad that my crotch contributed to your <laughs> successful puzzle company.
3: <laughs> it, let me let me be clear. It did not. It did not just contribute. We would not have a puzzle company. So you no. could
0: technically say that my like, crotch is the foundation
2: on which this <laughs> puzzle scared. company was built. <laughs> <Without> <laughs> any exaggeration, that is true. Yeah. What is? We, we
3: did not realize that that original little trick that we made for you was actually the original prototype for what would become the puzzle company and the the, the product. Um, we we just thought of it as a fun trick, but it actually was the the beginning uh, of process
2: of the whole thing
1: and and the cool and was part cool. Was, i'm sorry simon go ahead
2: oh, was, there were two more elements to it as well because one when eventually we met we met max who's who was the person who had the idea you know jigsaw puzzles are always selling well and are always in demand but they're always the same kind of stuff i reckon we could innovate make them better and that'd be good and we went oh yeah it's a good idea mm-hmm. and then when we went wait a minute this might be able to be applied to a jigsaw puzzle. The, the Danny card, as we ended up calling it internally, was what we showed him as a proof of concept. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, Max, do this. I think we could apply this to a jigsaw puzzle. And he's like, oh, my God. And then the Magic Puzzle Company was born. And number two was, even though I'd spent years, like, interested in sort of the geometric magical principles behind these kinds of things, most of the work I'd done had been kind of rough theoretical. It was in doing the Danny card that I really had to, like, nail down the formulas and the formulae and like really get it figured out. That was what eventually led to us having the good enough mathematical basis to make the actual puzzles. So it was on all these levels.
0: What is what does the magic community think of your puzzle company? Are they for it? Are they
1: jealous as all hell?
0: Well, I mean, <laughs> you're definitely like opening the door to like a new realm of magic that it hasn't really existed before.
3: It's uh. We launched this at a very interesting time because right now, uh, everyone that we know that was performing for a living, uh, their their entire year is gone. All their events are canceled. Mm -hmm. So we have people... uh, Some of our friends are trying to figure out how to do online shows and Zoom shows and online events. And the other half are just, like, trying to figure out what the hell they even do because uh, some of, like some of our friends, their whole act revolves around like audience participation and being in close proximity. And that just isn't going to translate anymore. Yeah. Um, so we, you know, we, we put this out to the magic, to our magic community. We just said, Hey, we're working on this thing. And and we had an overwhelming response of people who were delighted by it and, and backed it and supported it. And I think they're excited to get it. Um, but I think that, uh, a lot uh some of the people that we know are, are now sort of trying to think, yeah, how can we use magic to maybe create something that we can sell? Because uh I, I think we were just a little ahead of that way of thinking. And if if we weren't in the current situation that we are right now, I think people would be like, Oh, you made a magic puzzle, that's cute and and like it did well, congratulations. But I think now more people are probably looking at it, being like, "Oh, maybe, maybe that's something that I could be doing too." Is, is thinking about things in a different way. Yeah. yeah it's, about
1: there you go. It's, a, it's a, Simon. You would say, and you had said this before, Simon. It, it gives the power of the magic to the audience that you guys created, and you're not even in. You don't even have to be in the same damn country as the person who's doing the trick that you created, and they're a part of it. It it just sells on so many emotional levels.
3: We're, yeah. we're much more like magic designers now. We're, we're like a puzzle designer designs a puzzle and mm-hmm. then later the solver solves it. And it's sort of this, uh, this back and forth between the puzzle designer and the solver, but separated through time. Mm-hmm. And in magic, we're used to being the magician and presenting magic trick in real time to an audience. And now we kind of get to spring load the magic trick in a box and then send it out. And then people get to open it and experience it whenever they want to um
0: it's amazing
1: yeah
3: it's
0: fun i'm so happy for you guys i'm like it can't even i think it's it's really
1: it's, cool yeah
0: the the artists that you have you have three different artists for your first three puzzles How, did you have any issues explaining to them the kind of art that you needed because because i can't imagine
2: yeah it's complex it's complex it, this yeah. isn't yeah, that became a big part of my job within the company for most of the year was this kind of artist wrangler. Uh, because <laughs> we knew- oh, God it, bless yeah. you.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, but because sort of I'm the one who you know has the most intimate knowledge <laughs> <laughs> about okay. like, this and everything else, It and the art requirements are so specific, so I had a lot of back and forth. And we knew it would be difficult. So we spent a lot of time preparing this, like, really complex, like, artist briefing document with layout diagrams and, like, good examples and guidelines and suggestions and colour guides and everything else. And luckily, uh, all three of the artists, uh, Sarah and Boya Sun and Felicia Chow, were all great. Like, each of them knocked it out of the park in really interestingly different ways. Uh, and they even came up with some sort of takes on it we hadn't expected ourselves, which was awesome. Hi. So it was a really great collaboration. We gave them really good data... We were really responsive and wanted to give them enough room to express themselves but also like within these very specific constraints that have to be done for the magic to work
0: who's who's did i do did i test out
2: so you did you did sarah's first prototype so okay. you did one that actually isn't on the market
0: oh of, of
2: ebay here
0: i come no i'm just kidding <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um <laughs> The thing I thought was really cool about Sarah's artwork is it wasn't just something that was pretty that had a magical ending. It's something that, like, when we were doing it, like, each piece had something cool. I don't want to give it away, but, like, each one individually was almost a work of art in itself. And there were a bunch of little, like, recognizable things. And, like, as you start to put together, there's even more funny things. And it just, like, built this almost storyline
1: yeah so it, it gives you it gives you a bunch of different it touches a bunch of different spots obviously it's a puzzle obviously it's a magic trick, but it is a beautiful piece of art and like like it says there's a lot of Easter eggs in it there's a lot of things you're seeing as you're putting it together that are really cool beyond just what it turns into at the end
3: yeah what what we sort of realized with the format of a jigsaw puzzle is it think about like most jigsaw puzzles you've ever seen before it's like a beautiful cottage you know oil painting cottage on a hillside overlooking a sunset and you look at it and you go oh this picture is so beautiful and then you spend the next 10 hours of your life putting a thousand pieces of that picture together and you get to the end and you go yep this is the this <laughs> is the picture that i chose to put together and you kind of it's the same tone all the way through. And Mm -hmm. the the process of putting the pieces together is fun because each time you find one, you put it in place, you get a little dopamine hit, you're like, ah, I've made progress. But there's, the the art doesn't really do anything other than be pretty. And so by working with these illustrators and creating uh, things on a tiny scale, you you have a piece and you can look at it and you say, oh my God, there's somebody on this piece and they're they're doing something like that's a figure and they're throwing something. (laughs) And then you figure out the piece that it goes next to, and you put those two pieces together. And then maybe the other piece next to it is somebody catching the thing that's being thrown. So now you start with like a, a piece of a story literally, and then you add another piece to it. And that times a thousand for the whole puzzle. So even without the magic trick, the art lends itself to sort of revealing these little stories as they go in a way that, you can't look at the box art and get all that information because if you like think about looking at a Where's Waldo book, you're looking for Waldo. There's all sorts of stuff going on, but you get fatigue if you just stare at the yeah. page for 10 hours. But a puzzle is designed for you to spend that much time with it and actually look at every piece. Mm-hmm. So now we can actually design it in a way that you're, there's all these things to notice. And then on top of that, the magic trick provides this dynamic element where not just... You put the, the picture together, but now the picture is able to actually change and move in a way that provides new context that you didn't have before. Mm-hmm. So there's sort of this mysterious element of you you don't know exactly what you're getting into when you look at the box art with ours, because there's something hidden in there that you have to discover through the process of solving, which doesn't exist in any other jigsaw puzzle. And no. and we did it we did all this because we thought like we can design this to be more fun than it has been in the past, and uh, the response to that has been really great so far.
1: Yeah, we say, like you said, you have so many backers. So fast forward to the to the most important questions: Are you going to be able to fulfill them? <laughs> <laughs>
3: yep, yep. Good. We, we, I, I, I asked, uh, I asked Ben basically, what's our what's our success disaster number? Um, where if we hit it, it's actually really problematic, and yeah. and we're pretty we're uh, reasonably far away from that. Um, I, I think we're we're updating our projections every day, sometimes even more than that, because there's there's websites you can go to that will uh, like Kicktrack and other other websites that have analytics on Kickstarter projects, and they'll take into account you know the the progress of it and they'll sort of mm. tell you oh we think it's gonna be this by the end and uh we made our own models uh to try and understand as best we could where our project's going so that we can do our best to fulfill it and every time we update our model our kickstarter breaks our model <laughs> it's just like outperforming every model that we can put together it's a, um, it's a good problem <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a good problem but we're, we're very uh it's, it's extremely unrealistic that we would get to a point where we would not be able to fulfill, um, this, this, this product. Um, we also, you know, we've been working on it for a year. We've been securing our manufacturing. This is something that it's not something we're trying to scramble together right now in the midst of all this craziness. It's something we've, we've been working on and thinking about. And, uh, so we're, we're very confident in, in all of this. And, so um,
1: it, it, it ends in about two weeks. The, the Kickstarter ends in about two weeks.
3: By the time this comes out. By the time
1: I this know. comes out. Um, when, uh, when do you think the fulfillment process will occur after the Kickstarter campaign and you guys have funded and all of that fun stuff?
2: <laughs> I mean, want as soon as possible. And um, it was funny how it will be. Like, we originally set the delivery date as October, uh, which was intended to be like an under promise over deliver. That, like we'd be able to hit much earlier than that, as it is with this unprecedented demand, yeah. That's now real. It's <laughs> like more than we needed because then we'd had the Disneyland theory of like, tell yeah. people 45 minutes and it's actually 30 minutes and it feels short and it's good, yeah. Uh, now we're just we said that because, yeah, it looks comfortably like we'll be ready in time, but no, <laughs> a little bit less aggressively, delightfully early than we originally thought. That's, that's awesome. We had a really funny moment that uh, thankfully is all sorted, but about a week ago, just as the borders just spiked up like a rocket, where when, as part of the development process, one of the many things we looked at was many different samples of cardboard, like what do we print these on? And we gradually found there's this one particular type of cardboard that's just overall the best. Like some are better in some ways, some are better in other ways, but there was one that was like, this is the overall, going to give us the best quality pieces. And um, it suddenly looked like we were in danger of exhausting the entire world's
3: supply. <laughs> uh, wow!
2: We've now more of it. It's okay, but like we like, we might be heading towards the limit of how much of this cardboard is on Earth right now oh. until they can mm-hmm. manufacture more six months out. Yeah, we had to um, secure premium puzzle stock because yeah, we were like we tracked down like, in like different warehouses around the world and go like, can we? Eat? And they're like, okay, good. We're somewhere. we're fine now. We're good to go.
1: I, I have That's a incredible. distinct uh, thought that you guys are going to suffer from the success of once they're done with these three, they're going to be like heroin addicts
2: jonesing for four, five and six.
0: That's how so I felt are, after doing the first we one. We
2: have already in the past year, we, in the development phase for this one, a lot of what came out of that was a lot of other ideas for future series of like other cool subversive, surprising things to do with jigsaw puzzles. And so we have now a wealth of ideas and like in various stages of development. And so now we just need to decide which one are we going to push ahead with series two. I, I think we need to go all the way back to the beginning and do the Danny Card version 2.0. so
3: So <laughs> we yes. really, like, innovate from our roots, you know? The yeah. not... Every the, puzzle starts...
0: The not-safe-for-work puzzle. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, a
1: puzzle the dark comes in a brown paper wrapper. <laughs> you
2: <know>? It's like... <laughs> Well, it's funny because even with that original Danny Card, it's like with anything you work on, right? By the time you've done it and done more things, you discover more things, and you realize you could have done things better the first time around. We've already got significant improvements to it that we would make now if we did it again. <laughs> like just you know, give it a little ten percent, make it a bit better design, make the experience a bit smoother, and enhance the the funny and clever things about it, all that jazz. Love it.
1: Well, guys, you get stuck now because your guest on the show, you have to answer the ten questions I
2: ask every guest. Oh, God, I should have done some research. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan, you didn't tell me about this.
1: <laughs> Strapping yourself in, guys. Right. All right. What's the most annoying question people ask you? Jordan.
2: Oh, as a magician, it's usually like, can you make my wife disappear? Some <laughs> Simon? Oh uh, it's exactly the same. I actually wrote an entire article on my blog about, like, just a week in the life of a magician, particularly on a cruise ship, and the comments and questions you get, I kept, like, an actual journal of everything I was asked and just reported to what's,
0: what's your blog?
2: Uh, ThingsbySimon.com. Okay.
0: Oh, I actually that. want to read that. I'm, I'm,
2: I'm in on <laughs> this. It's very infrequently updated, but it's just stories behind the scenes.
0: Were you actually a all- cruise ship magician?
2: Uh, until, like, a month ago, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. That was... That was the main way I was paying my bills while I tried to work on bigger, more exciting, cool, creative projects and things like that. So that was basically my barista job at Starbucks while I worked on my acting career.
1: <laughs> All right. Man, you're All
3: right. I, when I when I met Max, uh, we were hanging out doing magic tricks, and I was like, "You got to meet my buddy Simon because he's awesome." And as soon as Max met Simon, he was like, "We should hang out more." And Simon's like, well, "I got to go work on these cruise ships." And Max said, "We can't have that." So we gotta we gotta we gotta. You something like a magic puzzle company, so we can get you off these ships. I love it.
0: What's the not to cut you off? What's the most odd job magician job you've ever taken? I have
3: most, to. Oh, yeah. I've got an answer for this. So, I did, uh, I was hired by somebody who owns a sneaker store in Burbank, and he was doing a sneaker launch at like 8 a.m. or something like that. And then he had this huge line of mostly kids who were waiting all night long. Uh, outside to just like buy the sneakers, and so he wanted to hire me as a magician to come entertain the people waiting in line. And I thought, oh, this this will be great. And then uh, and then he goes, oh, by the way, like don't look like a magician. And I was like, what? What do you mean? And he's like, I don't want them to know that I hired you because that's not cool. Like, oh, I hired a magician. So I was like, uh, okay. So I wore like street clothes. You know, I did my best. I was like, I'm super street. I'm just gonna go buy some some kicks, man. And I went, and the first like you paid me for an hour, and the first thirty minutes I had spent in line, just on my phone texting, like looking like I was texting, but I was actually listening and spying on what everyone was saying and trying to like, you know, every every five ten minutes I'd say something like kind of funny to like interject myself as a person into the group, you know? It's like oh yeah, some story about our. Uh, this kid took his grandma and made his grandma wait with them for three hours to get sneakers. I was like, maybe the grandma took the kid to, to get her sneakers. Ha, ha, ha. You know? <laughs> so dumb shit, you know. And uh, and eventually, uh, I was able to, to just start showing a couple like rubber band tricks to the guy next to me. And luckily, he freaked out. And everyone's like, what's going on? And the next thing you know, the whole line moved off the wall and created a circle around me. And it was like a David Blaine special and I did like 30 minutes of magic tricks for everyone. And they were just, their minds were like blown. And then after that, uh, I just sort of ended the show and they all went back against the wall. And I think the owner like came by and had food for everyone that he'd picked up. And then I just, I was like, all right, I just, I guess I'm done. So I walked around the corner. I just left. And the dude handed me cash and he was like, thanks. That was awesome. I'm like, cool. (laughs) (laughs) drove home. It's like one in the morning. I'm like, all right, this is weird and cool, but uh, neat. I did Undercover Magic. so
2: At a, a sneaker <laughs> store.
0: What about you, Simon?
2: For me, it probably be, it's the, probably a tie. I'm sure there's more, like, there's so many. But um, one that actually got canceled because of COVID, uh, I had been booked to do a nudist wedding. Oh, uh, it, Nudist wedding, that's exactly what you think. And they were looking for entertainment that could also perform nude. And there's not a lot of magicians that can do that. But I have this weird niche background of some burlesque performers I knew, and it was a challenge. And I'm like, I've actually done some work on that. Uh, mm-hmm. So that was going to be a weird one. But the other fun one was uh, twice now I've actually been booked to work on a TV show. Uh, one is still up on YouTube, uh, episode eight of Mind Field with uh, Michael from Vsauce, Science Channel, to basically do a do sleight of hand in a psychology experiment to like switch things without people knowing to see if they pick up on the way their perceptions model that without spoiling too much.
0: Oh, that's, cool. that's
2: really cool. Yeah. Good friend Lawrence Lung back in Melbourne had a TV show called unbelievable where the idea was, can you convince someone they have superpowers? Uh, and I was playing the role of just an undergraduate psychology researcher being like, all right, we got to do, we got to do the study here you go doing like an esp card test i'm like i we just have to do it to check the base state of the numbers and then this guy scores an almost perfect score every time i'm like so would he believe that he was actually doing that and i was doing through sleight of hand switching the cards and that was like a really weird and fun gig that's that's cool i love that
0: sorry
2: i interrupted your my question yeah (laughs) all right simon what's your favorite
1: way to eat a potato
2: um i mean fried in whatever context fries steak up fries thin fries chop it up and stir fry it with other stuff jordan
3: uh i i love them stewed so i will throw them in my crock pot when i'm making stuff and like the the way that the i lose these little small potatoes and the way that they just become like a perfect bite of potato is the way <laughs> to go Um uh,
1: jordan what would the title of your autobiography be
3: Ooh, well, I have a, I have <laughs> one that I want to say because I want to use it someday. Not for... <laughs> I'm, uh, I have one for... Uh... Oh, my brain is frozen. As, here, Simon, you go. Let me
2: think about this for a second. Um, I've sort of got, like, if I wanted to do something that would, like, be cheesy and sell, it'd be something like Engineering the Impossible right that's background cool in, in science and math and getting into magic um but ah that's like i would that's pro- what we would probably do to make it sell but i'd want it to be something like being like wait what huh ah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what more like what the experience is being
0: just
2: like <laughs> figure this shit out did
1: you come up with one jordan
2: <laughs> uh yeah i'd probably call it
3: miracle stones
1: miracle stones? oh yeah <laughs>
3: yeah
1: all right oh, simon that Simon, what's the biggest turning point in your life so far?
2: Probably the day. So I a bit of backstory. I grew up just very basic middle-class Australia. We weren't rich enough or poor enough to be interesting. I was just like, eh, it's fine, it's good. And just every night I went to high school, then I knew I'd probably go to university and study something and then get a job in something and then get married and retire and die because that's just kind of what everyone just kind of did. In the middle, yeah. There's something deep within me just, ah, I just felt trapped in that. I didn't like it, but I didn't know of any other worlds. I didn't know any performers or creative people or entrepreneurs. I just, I didn't know any other life paths were available. And so when I went to university and got magic, like this was the first, like, there might Mm. be this other world of cool stuff going on I could get into. But I finished university then got a corporate job because back then that was still the only option I knew what to do. and There are worse paths, but it was still like, eh, I was just following that standard path. And then after five years of that corporate job, uh, which was, again, comfortable, well-paid, but a little bit soul-destroying, that, you know, that, like, grey middle management existence that you're comfortable but unfulfilled. Yeah. And the day I quit to go full-time showbiz uh, was profoundly terrifying, Deeply, it was like that scene in the Matrix movie when he logs out and wakes up covered in goo and he's like cold and naked and wet and afraid. But yeah. now it's real. And yeah. now he's in charge of destiny. Like, it was like that. It was profoundly inhospitable and scary, but your life is your own now. Like, that was really... It was the day I finally put my resignation for that. Jordan? Uh,
3: it was... I was 13 years old and I met Frank Olivier, who it became my magic mentor... Uh, imaginary best friend who's not imaginary and uh, my hero. So I, I was at my mom's friend's birthday party and Frank was there performing and he was like juggling fire on a unicycle and then doing card tricks and then doing tricks with rubber bands. And he's like six foot something. And he's like wearing a purple zoot suit and a purple bowler hat. And he's like doing tricks with it. Every- and I just looked up and I'm like, this is the most, interesting adult I've ever seen in my life and he's real he's like, a, he's like a cartoon character but he's standing in front of me I'm like I will, like all of the other adults suck like they're all boring and this guy is like wearing a purple suit and juggling chairs and stuff I'm like this is the guy and, and I, I, I tried to talk to him about magic and he taught me a couple rubber band tricks and I, that changed my whole life that was like all I want to do is try and be frank when I grow up and uh, if, if you want to see Frank be very amazing uh, for, for our uh, as we a couple days before we realized that the Kickstarter is going to hit a million in funding, um, Frank was like, I want to I want to make something for you guys. And uh, he has this amazing trick where he just he puts his head in a box, puts a ratchet on and he cranks his whole head around 360 degrees. And so I, I said, maybe, you, maybe Frank, maybe you can do this trick. And all well, my head's spinning around. It's a million dollars. And he goes, I'll, I'll think of something. And he gave us this two and a half minute, just mind blowing video that every you have. I can't describe it. You just have to go see it. It's on our Kickstarter page.
0: Oh, uh, okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna check it out
3: today. after but we get off here. It's it's uh, it's incredible. So have, meeting Frank is is definitely the moment.
1: Having having met Frank because of you, Jordan.
3: I yeah, completely I...
1: understand. Completely understand. Um, Jordan, what what are you most proud of?
3: Oh boy, um, I think right now it's got to be the puzzle company. I mean, it's 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 exciting because it's definitely the most successful thing I've worked on. Um, but it's also the culmination of everything that I've been working towards. It's not just a fun thing that we did that was like a separate idea from everything else we were working on. It's like, it, it encompasses my friendship and creative partnership with Simon over the past 10 years. It encompasses my friendship with you guys. Like, it wouldn't exist without you. And so it really is, everyone and everything that I've been surrounding my life with and, and putting my energy into somehow like bubbled up And became the Magic Puzzle Company and it's this thing that I get to put all this exciting design magic love into and uh, the fact that it's out in the world and people are like hey this is cool we want this is just so it's so fulfilling in so many different ways
1: Simon?
2: It's I had back in about first year university I had this epiphany one day sitting in the cafeteria that A lot of people I knew had cool stories, crazy stories to tell or whatever. And I didn't really have any myself because I grew up really shy, really awkward, really risk-averse. I was like, unless I knew exactly what I was getting into, I just didn't get into anything. I'm like, ah, it's weird if I don't understand it. And I realized I was unhappy about that. I wanted to have cool stories because those are a sign of also having a cool, interesting life. And even at age like 17 or 18 or whatever it was, I realized that wasn't going to change overnight. I'd like slowly start steering the ship, like slowly, and now, how many decades later, I got so many fucking cool art stories. <laughs> on. <laughs> and like it's not just the stories, it's the person I had to slowly, over decades change myself into mm-hmm. to have those stories. That's what it is for me. That's fun. that thing is. Kind of- so, and, and I want to jump back
3: in because there's two things as a magician. Uh, before the magic because it's easy magic puzzle company is easy to be like oh because it's, it's things like on a rocket train of success right now but the there are two magic shows that i did um both with simon that were some of the proudest things that i did in magic one of which was uh we did a convention together where they needed a ten thirty a.m slot and simon said the only thing I could do is a, is a, like a hungover, half-assed, half-asleep <laughs> magic show. And I said from across the room, I'm like, you son of a bitch, I'm in. This sounds so cool. <laughs> and together we made the morning magic spectacular. And it was like a breakfast-themed magic show with us in pajamas doing
2: magic with like cereal and coffee. Just completely. <laughs> yes.
0: Perfect.
2: And it was so, yeah, so much like fun. Half awake and swearing like, fuck, oh God, are we still Oh." Shit, okay, um, mag- yeah, magic, right, um, magic. <laughs> like...
3: that, that show was so, we were so happy with how that show went that um, Erica Larson uh, of Brookledge and of Magic Castle asked us to do that show for the um, Academy of Magical Arts Awards show, which is like the Magic Oscars. And so for like their, their, after the award show, come to do the show, like the gala show, we, she wanted us to do our breakfast show and Simon and I were first excited obviously Yeah. but then we're sitting there going like wait, the whole point of the breakfast show is it's 10.30 in the morning and we were tired because we had, we we were with everyone at this convention so there was a context there and it's like we're doing this award show gala at midnight, 11pm you know, <laughs> midnight show, everyone's in tuxedos and I'm like, we can't come out in pajamas and be like, man, boy are we tired that's not going to work <laughs> so then we're like this is this like a week and a half before the award show. We're sitting here going, like, we have to write a whole new show. And <laughs> we. the premise was to win an award, mm-hmm. you have to work a full week at the castle. That's how you become eligible. And okay. in the back of everyone's mind when they do their show, of course, it's about the art and doing a good show. But you're always kind of like, maybe it would be nice to get nominated. I mean, how nice would that be? Oh, I, and if I got nominated, it might be nice to win, too. And so the whole premise was, like, this is a one-time show, which means we're not eligible for any awards, which (laughs) means this show doesn't matter. We can do whatever we want. And so we kind of, like, broke all the rules, and it was just us just being, like, kind of magic, like, jerks, kind of. Just, like, taking everything precious and just ripping it apart and just uh, having a lot of fun with it. And those two shows, like, were some of the most proud things I have because Simon and I we able to come together and create something that was like bigger than the both of us mm-hmm. that we, and it was bigger than either one of us would have been able to put together on our own. I love <laughs> it. Really was the cool. second
0: show a success?
3: It was, it was a success. Uh, well, it, success is relative. Like yeah. people, people liked it. And, and we did some stuff that, that people, uh, we like, there was a bit where we killed somebody in the show. <laughs> like we got a spectator from the audience and just murdered them. It, theatrically. <laughs> Um, which which was also like a play on a common trope in in another magic trick so
2: think like there's
3: there's a there's a popular magic trick where you the ending is kind of like you joke about ha- having almost killed somebody because it's like they pick this option that's n- don't kill them. Yeah. And we just went like, oh no, we're going to pick the option where we kill them. And then it's like blackout and like murder sounds. And <laughs> it, was, it was like weird and dark. and
0: I love it. It sounds like, it sounds like fun to it. me.
1: Simon, what takes up too much of your time?
2: Organization and story. <laughs>
1: just-
2: trying to keep the chaos at bay that you, like again when you work creatively particularly in magic you end up with so many weird objects and things because i'm always like building new devices and props and stuff so i keep needing to order increasingly weird stuff off amazon and all over the place and the problem is i'm not a hoarder i want to be minimalist i like having an empty apartment but all the crap in this apartment is Really useful for lots of things, and there have been so many times where I have a new idea and go, "Oh, I need a piece of cardboard this big and a rod of plastic that long." And I'm like, "Yes, I do have all that stuff because I have all." This. So just dealing with all the logistics of that.
1: Jordan,
3: yeah, it's it's the same answer that Simon gave, but in an, in a different outlet, different way. It was like we when magicians get together, people might think, "Oh, what do you guys talk about?" Like. Where to vanish a rabbit, or like how to cut somebody's wife in half, and really we talk about like, okay, I need this very specific kind of tape, and it's like I found the tape that you're looking for. Tell me everything about this tape, and then it's like, how do you organize all the tape that you have at home? And you're like, I figured out this organization system for my tape, and it's like, that's, that's a lot of magic is just understanding and organizing. Is that just a like, drawer there, of there tape? You know, a box of tape. Oh, box of tape. It's really fucking
2: important tape. <laughs> I Nine kinds it. Of tape here, and each one's for a very specific thing <laughs> <laughs> oh and you know what this is the other thing once you find the right kind of tape for a certain trick hold up visual aids here
0: you just buy a ton of it
2: you a lot of that yeah. tape <laughs> yeah because you know when that tape company is going out of business and you need that tape
3: that's it just... goes out of business as soon as you discover it. And yeah. realize, as soon as you need it, they're like, sorry, we don't make that anymore. It's yeah.
2: gone forever. The amount like, of times my heart's been broken by that. When <laughs> you find a good thing.
1: <laughs> Jordan, what's your favorite smell?
3: My favorite smell, well, actually right now, it's uh we we smellscaped our wedding. My wife smellscaped our wedding. Um, and we uh, I actually don't know the name of the scent because uh, she just has it. But that's probably that's probably my favorite. She, she has a, uh, a vial of perfume that she picked up in Chicago that we used entirely for the whole weekend of our wedding. And my, my wedding clothes still smell like it. So whenever I smell that, I'm just like transported Aww. back to my wedding. Um, but other than that, uh, the, the smell that I actually know is uh, Santal 33 by uh, La Lava is also like, Right. and we have, a, we have a friend who's a trainer in Chicago who uses it in his, in his gymnasium so it's like you, you walk in and it's just those are the two smells that like stick out in my head is, uh, and I wish I knew the name of the of our, of our wedding scent <laughs> I, I just know it as our wedding site. Bad set. husband <laughs> Simon this
2: is, this is one of the things I love about working with Jordan is we, we share a core of like dedication and making an experience excellent but then have these totally different perspectives. And I'm like, I don't fucking know what my shit smells like. Uh, like, that's such a Jordan department. And like, oh, I have the exact like, specification scent numbers of the scentscaping. I'm like, I just smell. Um, <laughs> well, right now, I'll just go for, uh, like, the air after rain. When you go outside and everything, the air in the world smell fresh and new. And it's just great. And I haven't smelled them way too long.
1: Yeah. Uh, Simon, what gets you fired
2: up? So many things an interesting problem to solve when someone's got it's like i'm working on this thing that needs this certain kind of tape or whatever to, <laughs> to give an example and it's like ooh, interesting like interesting problem where it's like i can like take the cogs in the brain and just like smash them into this problem and really get into it you know it's flow state it's where something's hard enough to be difficult mm-hmm. but not hard enough to be frustrating and you're mm-hmm. in that zone like Fucking, let's go! I think I've got, this is going to be difficult, but I think I can do it. <laughs> it's that kind of experience, and magic has given me more of those than anything else. That's awesome. And now, well, is very much ticking that box. Jordan, my boring answer would be what Simon said, and
3: again in a different way, which is magic <laughs> nice in buddy. some form. <laughs> Not because the answer was boring, but because me having the same answer is boring. That's but um, my my exciting answer would be um, when people start talking about bottled water. Because I (laughs) spent—that's
0: your exciting answer. (laughs) I spent.
3: Wait for it. I spent. I spent like a year uh, working with a, a genuine certified water sommelier, and I learned way more about bottled water than I ever wanted to know. And it basically boils down to two things: there's bullshit water, and there's actual water. It's all water, but there's purified water comes from a factory. It's tap water in a bottle, so. Like Dasani, Aquafina, it's all the same. It's just tap water from a thing. It's not worth even talking about. And then mineral water actually comes from a source and has like a actual dissolved solids in it that come from the ground source. So mm-hmm. there's like this split. So I, I don't like, I, I think everyone should just drink more water. I want to be fair. And I'm not like a water snob. But when people are like comparing to Sani and Aquafina and like talking about purified waters as though they're mineral waters, I'm just like, okay, let me just let, okay, it's all tap water, just so you know. And then when people are like, oh, well, like uh, Evian and Fiji water, those are, that's just tap water in a bottle. I'm like, well, is that, basically, if I, if I have knowledge about something and then somebody else thinks they do, but they don't, and then I have an opportunity to be like, let me unload on you some of my knowledge that's kind of what gets me fired up and unfortunately for me i happen to know more about almost everyone except for certified water sommeliers about bottled water so it just comes up a lot and then i i can't help but just let the proverbial fire hose just like let me educate you about bottled water really quick and usually people are either very interested or they're like this guy sucks it's just like the worst conversation so i don't like that i get fired up about it but
1: Well, just, uh, this is a great follow-up question for you then, Jordan. What do you wish you knew more about?
3: Um, Ice. No. Um, (laughs) That was was a different time. Honestly, uh, right now, there's a lot of computer skills that Simon has, he's like a wizard at, that I want to get better at. So, like, everything in the Adobe world, like, learning, like, it's it's tough because there's I really the answer is like everything that I'm not good at basically. And there's only so much time and energy to learn everything. So it's always a balance between like what do I sink my time into and what is that taking time away from? Mm-hmm. But uh I, I really admire that like when Simon and I are working on stuff, he's able to just go into the computer and do this and then things start materializing and, and, and I, I like I wish if I could snap my fingers and have those abilities, I would. But unfortunately, it's like Simon's got like 15 years on me of, of like and, and like a computer science degree on me of understanding those things that I don't.
2: Um, so that's that would be my answer. for that. Simon. The, um, interestingly, the the genuine answer is the almost exact inverse. This is one of the reasons why Jordan and I have had a good creative partnership, because I get all the technical shit. What I don't get is people. Uh, I mean, a lot better than I used to I was like, I you are,
0: you know uh, That is like what you do for a living
2: <laughs> well, well, but the thing is Here's where it's interesting Because with magic You're usually mostly working for an audience mm-hmm. Which collectively is very predictable but Oh, okay you don't, you don't know All the bets are off Everyone's so profoundly different from each other mm-hmm. But also in terms of Kind of market success of an idea Like, one of the reasons this puzzle company is so great for me Many times in my life I've spent a year working really hard on an idea for like a project or a show or something and it's exciting and then I launch it and it goes okay but doesn't really go anywhere. And I'm like, damn it. Okay, next project. Spend a year working hard and it went okay. It wasn't a failure but it wasn't a success. Eh. And this is the first time I've ever worked really hard on something for a year and it's actually going somewhere. And it's so deeply profoundly gratifying and one of the things i've always struggled with like i ran like i did like a youtube web series way back with a friend in melbourne and it went nowhere and i've i'm aware that i'm very bad at assessing assessing what's going to be popular i just i have no fucking idea what people are going to be and so i'm very glad that i finally worked on something and again it's partly because of max and jordan and ben who have those instincts because yeah how they work Mm -hmm. me baby <laughs> Knowing that that's popular, that is not me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, Simon, final question. You ready? What's the one question you would want everyone you meet to answer? Mm. <laughs>
0: dramatic pause
2: i mean the sfw or the nsfw both, both. <laughs> the nsfw obviously
1: remember what podcast yeah. you're on
2: yeah um i mean how into me are you right because like, then i know how to proceed if it's not oh good right we just move on if it's like very but bad like either way you're better informed um what's that what's the real one this, <laughs> I feel like that is the real one. <laughs> yeah, that is real. Yeah, I'll, come, I'll come with a better, like more nourishing, humanitarian one in a minute. Once think of that.
1: Jordan, you want to jump in?
2: <laughs> yeah, there's. Uh, I would want to know what
3: what people. What do people really want? Um, but but actually, what what is it that what what it's sort of a version, I don't know the wording of it exactly, but it's sort of like, what do you believe and why do you believe it? Um, because I think there's a lot of discussion about what about things that aren't the actual thing that people are actually trying to talk about. And and so um, I, I spent a lot of time in the past 10 years before figuring out how to put something together that is is now out in the world and working, which is very exciting, thinking about the wrong things because i didn't know what i actually wanted mm-hmm. um i thought oh as a magician you think oh i want to be like on tv because i saw a magician on tv when i was a kid and it's like that's useful if you're trying to get out there to sell tickets to your show but it's not going to be useful if you just go on tv and then hope right that, that then becomes something it's like do you do you what do you, what do you actually want? Like, do you want your own show or do you just want like a pile of money to just keep working on tricks in your basement or like, what, what is it, you know? And so I think that if I could get everyone that I meet to to actually know what they want and answer like, this is, this is what I actually want out of the world. It would be easier to actually understand what, what to do with that information because then it's like, oh, well, I can help you. I know somebody that I can introduce you to, or it's like, Oh, well that's cool. Like good good luck with that. (laughs) But I think there's just a lot of like upper level discussion about things that aren't, aren't actually full of the, the substance of what everyone's sort of on their own journey of where they're headed. And we don't really, we're not very honest about that with each other. There's, there's
2: a lot of, uh, uh, I don't know, stuff in the way. Yeah, it makes me think of the the actual real answer, honestly, because you know it's not like my other answer isn't real, but that's not as useful in most situations. Well for it's useful for <laughs> you? Oh yeah, sure. but like actually, a far more relevant and useful one is to, something I keep noticing more and more as I interact with more people and go through life is there's this of the many ways you can slice up the human condition into people who look kind of like this or more sort of like that, and the bell curves and everything is. The people I'm mostly drawn to are the ones who value sincerity over bullshit. There are a lot of people out there who don't at all value telling the truth. It's just not a thing they care about. They just want to be admired or respected or whatever. But the people I like are the ones who, like myself, want to be talking about what's really going on, want to understand the truth and share that and be direct, like actually tell the real story. Mm -hmm. And it's not like I always tell the truth, but anytime I don't, I'm annoyed. I'm like, ah, I i'm frustrated i didn't feel i could tell the truth in that situation and working out where people are on that kind of spectrum that's actually probably the biggest thing i'd want to know early on in an interaction because if they're all about the bullshit i'm like cool all right you be happy we're just never going to connect on any kind of deep level yeah
0: i like
1: that that makes
2: sense (laughs) about getting to the real stuff then okay now we can have a real conversation yeah and i know everything else we talk about is going to be on that foundation
1: absolutely all right, guys. Shameless plugs. Start plugging.
2: Uh, puzzles. That's it. <laughs> yeah.
3: Um, uh, Magic Puzzle Company. Uh, so <laughs> you can you can go to uh, puzzle biz p z l dot b i z and that'll take you straight to magicpuzzlecompany.com which will take you straight to our Magic Puzzle Kickstarter. Um, or you can just you know Google Magic Puzzles Kickstarter,
0: and it'll pop com. right up.
2: Yeah, <laughs>
3: it'll pop up. the first result. Um, and then you can, you can follow us on all the things at, at Magic Puzzle Co. Um, but we want everyone to buy our puzzles and tell your friends about our puzzles because we think they're cool. And we, we promise they'll be more fun than any other puzzle you've ever done. And that is true. Uh, that is true. We spent a lot of time working on that.
1: We, so, we can attest uh, to that having done the puzzles and having done other puzzles. Yeah. this was definitely that was definitely the most fun we've had doing a puzzle by far. but there wasn't even a close second. That's so
0: awesome. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll tell yeah, I'm you' excited it, for the next two. Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm really looking forward to the next two because we obviously only tried one. but I will say this is like most puzzles have those frustrating moments where you're looking at a pile of the same color. These puzzles have those moments, but they're not, that, they're not frustrating to the point of wanting to give up. They're frustrating to the point of wanting to
2: keep going. Yeah. Which is a
1: much, just much
2: different. Because that is the biggest, that is the number one reason. There were other ones, but the main reason why we, had Sarah, we hired Sarah again to do a new version of the Happy Isles, because we felt the first one, even though it didn't have many of those moments, it had more of them than we wanted. Mm-hmm. We wanted it to be flow state as much as possible. We didn't want frustration. And there's a, in the original prototype that you you both did there's a lot of trees and grass and water and sand that look similar in the new version there are far more sort of I like a rocky gray volcanic island and mm-hmm. like a, a darker brown sort of dirty island and then like an icy ski slopes island so you it separates it out more to make that puzzle solving process as early as possible so That's... you asked like to get to do three new ones a um, oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Even when we did it, like it took us a few days, but there wasn't frustration. There, like, oh, forget it. It was like it's three a.m. We need to go to bed. <laughs> yeah, <forget laughs> We've been. <laughs> be,
1: but I, I think finishing. I got this one corner. I think I got it all we're solved. Like, we're going to bed. <laughs> so everybody go who bed. is listening, go get go get these puzzles. You will not,
3: literally, will not regret it. This is a, it's a lot of fun. And thank
0: you guys for coming on and chatting with us about it.
3: Of course. Absolutely Thank you for good. inspiring the puzzles to be a thing in the world. <laughs> it's
2: with my crotch. <laughs> <laughs> on that note...
3: <laughs> you finally
2: gave birth to something, honey. <laughs> Seriously, I think that's that story, the sto- like, if the puzzle company continues to rise, that's going to make, like, a great Vice magazine article about three years.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: BuzzFeed, Vice, I yeah. feel like you commented on someone's, someone was like, is that the Dan- Danny I'm thinking of? And you were like, I can't read your mind
2: yes <laughs> probably <Yeah>. probably <laughs> um, yes seriously even post launch your involvement in this has led to so many hilarious delightful moments like that <laughs> well I did like, like contribute
0: 69 dollars just because I could <laughs>
2: <laughs> nice yeah, just, just so that that's that's
1: that's how much we, we believe in it. We contributed our own money to a company that we already got the puzzle from. So, right. Just to give you an idea of how committed we were to this process. Yeah, you guys get free puzzles for life.
0: <laughs> oh, I love you guys. It's good to hang out and catch up and
1: Yeah, it's good to see you guys. Hopefully yeah. when this is over and done with we'll be able to get a drink and yep. like physically be near each other. Yeah.
3: And go to Disneyland.
0: Disneyland. Disneyland. Absolutely. I saw your your mug, by the way, Jordan. Don't try and hide it.
3: Oh, your haunted mansion. Yeah, actually, actually, people. yeah. Just so. got my haunted mansion print. I, I've this, got so. my
1: I've got Paris. my Paris Disney
3: one. Ooh, flexing over here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still right through my mug. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, guys. we'll All Talk right. to you later.
1: Bye, guys. Thank you. <laughs>